to the It Could Be Your Eyes podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Juanita Collier. Through my decades of work in the field of vision, I have met thousands of patients, parents, educators, therapists, and doctors searching for solutions to the seemingly unsolvable. Challenging traditional medicine's new normal? We'll uncover that the root cause isn't necessarily what you thought it might be. It could be your eyes. Welcome back to It Could Be Your Eyes. I'm your host, Dr. Juanita Collier, and I have my co-host, Jessica Lidke here. And we also have our guest co-host, Kelsey Duffy, because today we are celebrating 10 years, our 10-year anniversary at 4D Vision Gym. And when we were reflecting on what the past 10 years looks like, we really remembered how we came together, how we all came to be and what our vision was when we started this practice. You know, when Kelsey and Kareen and Leslie and I were just sitting in the dirt in a parking lot trying to figure out what the building was going to look like, all the way to picking out the paint colors and everything else and really allowing our vision of what vision therapy was and what it could be to evolve right in front of our eyes, so to speak. When we started, we knew vision therapy was a lot more than we had seen it previously. So in a lot of places, vision therapy is really focused on eye muscles. And are the muscles strong enough? Are the muscles teeming? Are the eyes doing what they're supposed to do? And we really knew that vision was so much more than that. We knew that it had to do with how a person, how they see the world and how they see themselves interacting with the world. And that's how we came up with the entire floor plan of the office. We wanted our patients to feel like nothing was wrong with them. So from day one, we never called them patients. They were members. They were members of the gym. And they had their little member ID card. And our kiddos had a room called the locker room. So that's where they went and they did their warm-ups because now they're at the gym and they're warming their eyes up for what's going to happen in our vision labs where they did experiments to figure out what their eyes did when we tried this new thing, when we tried this new piece of equipment, what would their eyes do and how would they react to it? And could they actually get their eyes to do something different? And could they get themselves to see through a lens that was like really hard to see through? Or could they get their eyes to cross if they tried really hard? Or could they look through something like they had x-ray vision? All of these experiments happened in what we called our vision labs. And then we had our gyms and we had our agility gym and our jumping gym where the kids went in and adults went in and exercised all of their new skills all at the same time. And they did it with friends. So they had other people there who were working on the same exact things that they were working on and who might have had the same exact struggles that they had And they could give each other advice and they could support each other and they could say, you know what, I know that's really hard, but once you get it, it's so fun. And we really created an entirely different environment than what a traditional doctor's office feels because we were transforming how they saw themselves, how they saw the world and how they interact with it. And that was even part of our original mission statement. Which we sat down and wrote actually together as a group. And it's something that we've repeated, like literally repeated out loud to help us. (laughs) Nearly daily. Yeah, to help us 
focus and determine what we want to, what we call stand in for the day. What kind of energy we want to carry forth into our work with our members. And so it's been something that has guided us and been part of the life force, like the heartbeat of 4D from the very beginning. And so it starts like this. At 4D Vision Gym, our goal is to permanently transform our members' perception of the world and how they interact with it. So it's exactly what you just said, Dr. Collier. It's we really knew that we wanted to help people towards transformation. And the way that we were going to do that was by really looking at how they see the world and how they fit into it and what happens to them through the sense of sight, that guiding sense. And I think, too, after 10 years that we've been open, we've seen how much the world has changed, which has also changed how we view things and our members view what they need and what's important to them. It's been really fascinating to also watch. We thought that we were going to really be seeing a lot of kids, that we'd be very kid-centric with even how that office was set up. And we thought that we would be the only way to make this transformation happen for these kids. We thought that one-on-one vision therapy plus the gym time with their friends, like that was the only way to be able to facilitate those changes. I think it speaks to who we are as people in our 20s. No offense to those of you in your 20s listening, but (laughs) you tend to have a little bit more of an egocentric view of yourself, right? I'm awesome, or maybe I'm not so awesome, but I'm going to create the change. I'm the way that like the world is going to to be different. And the only way it's going to be is if I do something. And I still feel like that's how we see change happening now. We are part of the reason why change is, but I think like our view has changed, has shifted from like, we have to be the change makers to now the members are the change makers. We just facilitate it. Exactly. I think that back then we really did think it was like, we are the ones going into their brain and changing how they're seeing things. And that's why we were here every day until seven o'clock at night and every Saturday, because it's like, we had to do it. We had to do it for our members. We really had to be the people that were going to show them that the world could be different than than how they're seeing it. We needed to be the ones to get kiddos to like reading. Mm-hmm. We needed to be the ones to get kiddos to want to go to school, to want to participate in sports, and to, you know, want to really interact with their families in the way that their parents desired. We felt like we had to do it because if we didn't do it, then what was going to happen? Exactly. Yes. And then <laughs> some years went by and we continued that same kind of philosophy. And a lot of changes happened in our lives. We left our 20s and got a lot more tired. <laughs> so we... A few more wrinkles on the face. It's exactly. okay. Exactly. <laughs> and we couldn't do all the things that we thought we were supposed to do. And we got married and had kids. And we got to the point where it's like, well, you can't be everything to everybody. So now what do we do? And I think that question really brought us through 2019 where we're like, okay, we need to figure out something. Like something needs to change. And what is that going to be? And we're like, 2020 is going to be our year. We got this. And 2020 happened. (laughs) (laughs) And so what COVID really did for 4D Vision Gym is is it showed us that 
yes, things are great when we are the ones going in there and doing it. And we definitely have the ability to go in and make changes. And also, so do our patients. And actually, they do a lot better when we're empowering them to build that transformation in themselves as opposed to doing that transformation process essentially on them as opposed to with them or giving them the tools to do that. During COVID, we had no choice other than to just give them the tools and support. We could no longer hold flippers in front of somebody's face. And you know we could no longer hold the string that they're looking at or point exactly to what they're supposed to be looking at. We had to really transform how we saw ourselves and the world and how we were interacting with the world and also with our patients. And I think that because of that, we are affecting so many more people and our reach has extended so far out of Connecticut because now we realize that we can affect change by really empowering our patients. And others who work with them too, right? So we now have three teachers that reached out to us and then we empowered them. So there's like the next sentence of our statement is like, we provide them with the tools to become self-sufficient, confident, and empowered. We give them a strong foundation from which to excel by giving them the tools to become self-sufficient, confident, and empowered. And so even when we were like, thinking in our 20s brain, like we're giving you the tools. We know you're self-sufficient, confident, and empowered because we're there making you so. But it's now like, okay, we're empowering these other professionals to provide that foundation. We're empowering others outside of our four walls, outside of our tiny little state to make those foundational changes. It's pretty incredible to watch the reach that we've been able to have in that way, helping so many more. And I think that you said, Jessica, now that our digital programs are in how many states? It's eight states. That's so great. And that's something that I don't think we would have ever even imagined in 2013. I remember writing our business plan and we were like, ooh, we're going to offer services from Fairfield County all the way up to Massachusetts. And it's like, wow, we're so far out of that at this point now. And so many more people are being empowered to transform their vision. And I feel like one major player that we left out in who we empower the most really are our parents. Mm -hmm. We've really come up with a way through Built to Read to help parents be that hero for their kids. And once parents understand what their child is struggling with and why they're struggling with it, and we're there giving them like, oh, this is the reason and this is how you help it. Parents take that and they just like move mountains. And it's so amazing the connections that we see our parent, our families come back with. Like these kids who parents previously thought were lazy or just like troublemakers and just not wanting to try. Like they're embracing each other in our exam rooms. Oh, wow. I tried to do those exercises too and they were really hard. So we were working on it together and now my vision's better too. So it's like these things where you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. But once parents know, it's just, it has been so powerful for us to see how the impact that parents can make once they actually truly understand what's going on. And when we were doing most of our vision therapy in the office with one-on-one sessions, 
parents, they were expected to practice with their children. And, you know, like we taught them the procedure, the method of what they were supposed to be doing. But what was really missing was the why and what's actually going on behind the scenes. Like, I know that you're telling me I need my child to wear these red and green glasses when they're looking at this chart. And when they look at this chart and they wear the red and green glasses, everything's black. So we tried it. (laughs) You know, actually being able to educate our parents on what's actually happening. It's like, oh, wait, that's in the brain. And how do we get that to turn on? And how how does this affect my child when they're trying to ride a bike and this, that, and the other? Then our parents are coming up with their own games that they've created. They're finding new and inventive ways to achieve these goals because now they, they have that understanding. And knowledge is power. And we're providing that empowerment for parents. Definitely. And it's been really awesome, I think, being a therapist before and being a therapist after becoming a parent and seeing how different it is, like from a parent's eyes and from a parent's perspective, where you're just like watching the interaction between parent and child. And so Kelsey, I can't wait for you to like be on this side of it too, of course, but it's so different when you're thinking about how you want to move mountains for your child. And before I became a parent, I knew I I would want to be that kind of parent, I think to some degree, but I didn't fully understand how much these parents really wanted to make a difference in their children's world. Like how much they wanted the best for their child, how much they really desired the world to open up to all possibilities for their children. And now I get it. And I, I want to let parents be the hero for their own kids much more. I want to like really feel like the parents can take a much more active role in the development and rehabilitation and just progress of their own children. And I think that definitely did transform for me too. Like once I had children of my own, I think that being able to see parenting, like you said, from like a different perspective, it's like before you have kids, you have so many ideas on what the right parenting style is and oh, you're so judgy. And <laughs> and then you have them and you're like, okay, they trusted me with this thing that I'm supposed to keep alive for at least 18 years. And um, <laughs> there's no manual, there's no nothing. Like when I remember when I had my daughter and the nurse was like packing up whatever extra diapers they were giving me and stuff like that. And I was like, so who's coming with me? No, I'm not. There was a lot of testing that happened for me to drive a car. And this is an entire person here. So does somebody want to teach me something about something? So I think that before you have kids, you have this kind of idea of how everything's going to be. And then when you're the one who's in the driving seat and you're the one who's trying to make these decisions, especially when it comes to vision therapy, where a lot of parents are getting conflicting information. Mm -hmm. So the pediatrician's saying one thing and the ophthalmologist saying another thing, and then we're saying this, and the teachers are saying that, and you're trying to combine all this information and make the quote-unquote best decision for your child, and nobody knows what that is. So I think that once I had kids, I was able to see so much more how the parents were like really being faced with such, such a barrage of information and really just trying to do what was best and really... It's hard. So I feel like that's one of the reasons why Built to Read has been so powerful because 
the parents have the information now. They're not trying to get the information from somebody or trying to figure out like what angle this person has and why would this doctor say this if this is what's happening and blah, blah, blah. No, this is just like straight science. <laughs> like this is the information and you see how it's affecting your child on a day-to-day basis. And then as you go through the process with them, you're seeing these changes happen before your eyes. And I think that for parents, that just gives you such a strong foundation because you're like, you know what? I know that this is right. And I feel like that's what really makes that big difference. And such simple activities sometimes look like they're going to be really easy for parents. And then doing them with their child is really hard. Mm -hmm. And they get to like actually learn why, understand why, and be able to be the one to help their child through it. Exactly, because you expect your child to do a very complex task of reading. And I think that when we're just thinking about reading, it's like, no, they just read. Like, you just read. Like, the word is the word is the, it was the at the top of the page, it's the in the middle of the page, it's the at the bottom of the page, like the word's the. But when you're, when you actually break down all of the skills and coordination that's necessary to read appropriately, it's pretty amazing that (laughs) some of our kiddos are reading at four or five years old. Because that's the amount of coordination necessary for that is more than it is to ride a bike. But we expect them to take time to do that. But with reading, for some reason, we just expect it to just happen and it doesn't. And then there becomes this whole thing as a parent where you're like, oh my God, my child's not reading. What did I do wrong? And it's really that the things that need to be integrated and incorporated into reading aren't happening yet. So how about we take down those steps, break them down into like their actual foundational skills and teach those kiddos those things. And then kids are coming in, children who couldn't read at the beginning of the school year are coming in like with A pluses and book reports that they want to hang up on our walls in the office. And it's like, wow, this is why we do it. This is what we came for, you know? If you could make a positive change in your child's reading ability and confidence with reading in just 20 minutes a day, you would jump at the opportunity, right? Of course you would. The 4D Built to Read program trains you, the parent, to become a junior vision therapist and provides you with tools, activities, and support you need to give your child a strong visual foundation so they can read, play, and take on whatever challenges they face. If your child is too bright to be struggling and getting low grades, or you've been told that in-office vision therapy would help, but you just can't find the time to commit, the 4D Built to Read program may be just what you're looking for at a fraction of the cost. Visit 4dbuilttoread.com or check out the show notes for a link to learn more. What's been the biggest takeaway from the past 10 years? Because I think for me, it has been really that. It's been like, I don't have to save the world. So like in college, I majored in sociology because I thought I was going to work for nonprofits for my life and that I could be just this bleeding heart. I'm going to I'm going to change the world one person at a time and I'm going to do it all and it's all me and I was the kid, the girl at the protests and I was an activist and all my bumper stickers on my car, you know, like I'm going to do this myself and I got a little older and realized that's not necessarily my path. And I was worried that perhaps I was, quote unquote, selling out by working with a business instead of a nonprofit. I worried that I was 
not going to be the change I wish to see in the world because of the world of insurance and our healthcare system in this world, in this country and the challenges that were with that. And then when we were younger and we're like, well, we can just be here 12 hours a day, seeing every patient, doing everything for them, getting everything like with I's dotted and T's crossed, then we can still be that person. And then when we were able to actually reach such a huge population and make such a big change. I did not expect Bill to Reed to be able to cure amblyopia. No way. Flat out. I knew it was a good program. We were putting our best foot forward, but I did not think that it would make the changes that it did. And then it's like, yeah, we did that. We didn't have to sit and do therapy activities on 96 children, Mm -hmm. but we did. And it took us our blood, sweat, and tears into that one program. But then once that one program was done, man, we were able to scale it and change so many more lives. I am changing the world. We are changing the world. And we don't have to die for it. (laughs) Like, Like, I think that we are really married to the idea that it's like we're changing the world one child at a time. But then with Built to Read, it's like we're doing it like full families, you know, at the same time. We're doing it now that we have teachers on board, we're doing it like full school systems at a time. Like we're doing, we're affecting so much change through empowerment. And I think that my big takeaway from this is pretty similar to yours. My upbringing was such that you work hard, you work hard, you work hard, you work hard. And then at some point before you die, you go on one vacation and then that's it. But it's like, if you're not working, you're not deserving of some sort of a break. You know, it's like, you're just supposed to like go pedal to the metal all the time and be on all, what is it? Four cylinders or whatever that's called all the time. And what we saw through the office was that, yes, we can go crazy seeing patients all day, like you said, 12 hours a day. And maybe in that day, we saw 20 patients and we did 20 visits. But with Built to Read, we can affect 20 people's lives in an hour. It's just so amazing the way that our ability to affect change on the planet has changed. Yes, I love seeing my individual patients and I love watching my kiddos grow up. But I also love seeing people who've done Built to Read come back and tell us how amazing their lives are now or writing us notes about how much it's changed them and changed their kids and how they're catching, quote unquote, their kids reading in the middle of the night and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, that's great. That's what we want to do. And I think that over the past 10 years, we realized that we only have two hands and we can use those two hands to do one thing or we can use those two hands to do a thousand things if we do it in the right way. And I think that we've really seen the impact that each of us is capable of making on the world. And now we're committed to doing that. So for me, I think that that's my biggest takeaway. I think something else that is a big takeaway for me too is trust. And I think that before, like in 2013, when we started and we thought that we were the ones who had to make the change and everything like that, it was because we didn't trust that our patients could do it without us. We didn't trust that their parents would do it without us. And we didn't trust that what we were doing was powerful enough to speak for itself. Mm. And I think that now we trust our process so much that we're like, yes, 
Parents learn it. Teachers learn it. Other optometrists, this will help your patients. But we've also developed so much trust for each other too. You know, like we have a very small team and Kelsey, Jess and I have been together for 10 years now. Kelsey and I for even longer than that. And just the amount of trust that we have for each other has built up so much that that's like spilling over into our ability to really make this big impact that we're making, like in our families, in our communities, and in the world. So I just think that being able to trust and let go and know that everything that we did, quote unquote, enough. It's like that in our 20s, it was like always that searching for like, oh, am I enough? Am I doing good enough? Did I do enough? Do I need to do more? All of that. And I think that now we're finally, now that I'm the ripe old age of 40. <laughs> so ancient. Tell us the wisdom, old one. I know, exactly. I've been 40 for an entire week and I, I feel so much wiser. <laughs> But yeah, I think that whole trust thing, I think that's been a major change at 40 Vision Gym. And I think that it's definitely allowing us to see everything differently. Totally. And I think with Built to Read, it allowed us to also see what else we can do from home for patients and being able to see that we can help concussion patients rehabilitate because they're comfortable at home and they're able to do things when they feel good and not when their appointment is. So we thought we always had to be hands-on in there with them and pushing them and giving them the ability to do it from home and be comfortable and get help from whoever else is with them, their partners, their parents, anyone else. And really just launching into that digital world was and is amazing for us. So it's just so cool to see how many different programs we've been able to do. And we never would have thought of this 10 years ago. And so with that, what do we see for the next 10 years for 40 Vision Gem? A whole lot of changes. (laughs) A lot of excitement and who knows? Well, over these past 10 years, we've had 10 kids between all of us and gotten married and everything else. And then I guess the next 10 years, yeah, kids are going to be driving and driving us crazy. We're going to tackle um, high school <laughs> as a parent. <laughs> like, oh, that's... goodness. I don't even know the new math, right? Isn't math new again? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I don't know. Lead the way. I'm just going to step into elementary school. Lucky you. Elementary school's fun. I like that. <laughs> I think that for 4D, my vision for the next 10 years would be really to challenge ourselves to see how much more of an impact we can make. How many schools can we be in at that point? How many optometrists are going to be offering Built to Read and other digital programs to their kiddos who are just like starting to learn how to report something changing about their vision? So many kids don't realize that how they're seeing isn't how they're supposed to see. So they think that seeing double is normal. So being able to be in in with school nurses and have them ask the right questions and have teachers know exactly what to look for in the classroom. Like, you know, when we did our podcast with Kim a second grade teacher, she was saying that now she looks at her students so differently and she sees from their posture that they have a vision issue. Our ability to impact children spans so much farther than being able to work with them one-on-one. And I think that we've seen that develop over the past 10 years. But I think that in 10 more years, if 
vision education and being able to detect like signs and symptoms of things is part of teacher preparation curriculum, I think that would be amazing. Mm -hmm. I think that if pediatricians knew exactly what questions to ask and really understood what behavioral optometry is versus what whatever the, uh, the negative publicity about it is out there for whatever reason, but like actually understanding what behavioral optometry is and who is capable of doing it, who knows how to do it well, having more optometrists go into vision therapy. I think that us being able to be at the forefront and affecting these changes, I think that's what I see for the next 10 years. Definitely. I just, I have this vision of conferences. When we've gone to our international conference with the COVD, it's been optometrists and vision therapists, but it's such a, a small little world And exactly, I see conferences where teachers and pediatricians and optometrists and therapists and OTs and speech therapists and tutors and all these other people come together to learn and share and know how to make an impact in their world. And that I think we're going to be in the forefront. I think we are on the forefront, but also there's, it's just going to be so accessible and so normalize that, yeah, you're having trouble reading, get your eyes taken care of. That built to read or behavioral optometry or vision therapy is going to be just as much of a household name as hooked on phonics. And everyone knows 4D built to read. Everyone knows vision therapy. Like it's just a normal step. And so I see that. And I think also our experience with our patients and in the digital world and as parents of growing children, how much has our outlook changed as our children entered elementary school? So what are we going to find at middle school? What are we going to find in high school? What are we going to find in college? Oh, no. I know. I know. Too much too soon. Sorry. (laughs) I'm still trying to get through first grade here. (laughs) We're going to be 50 in 10 years. I'm sorry. We are. Oh my gosh. Why would you say that? I'm planning on being 40 for like quite a while. Like I like 40. I'm just going to hang out here for quite some time. So maybe you'll be 50. So over the next 10 years, I see us, you guys have said about vision therapy being the household name and built to read being what people know. And we're out there talking about it and telling these teachers across the country and being able to go wherever we need to go to help inform more people about vision and how important it is and all the steps that it takes for your vision developing and how to get built to read in their classrooms and informing these teachers and nurses and everyone who really needs to know more about vision and in 10 years yeah I bet we've hit every state (laughs) and I think that like really what we're saying is that we see ourselves fulfilling on our mission to transform the way people see the world and how they interact with it by us getting in touch with teachers and school systems and everything like that we're really empowering these kids to understand how to advocate for themselves and how to not internalize like oh maybe I'm not having a a good time reading or I'm not enjoying reading, not because I'm stupid or because I'm lazy, like I've been told, but maybe it's because like how my eyes are working isn't how they're supposed to be working. So let's fix that. Come from it from a place of 
positivity and a place of problem solving as opposed to the internalization of so much negativity that our kiddos are facing in this world with social media and everything else that's going on. So I think that really being able to give children that confidence in themselves. I think that in in the next 10 years, if we've achieved the goal of just making kiddos more confident and feeling more confident with sports and academics and in their families and in their bodies, then that's all I could ask for. Amen. We'd bring it full circle. So thank you so much for celebrating our 10-year anniversary with us. And we hope that this episode was informative for you. And if you want to join us on our mission to transform the world over the next 10 years, then feel free to email us, text us, anything. Okay. Well, you guys have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the It Could Be Your Eyes podcast. To schedule an appointment with Dr. Collier, visit us at 4dvisiongym.com. To train your vision at home, visit us at 4dvisiontherapyathome.com. Rate and review our podcast and email a screenshot to receive 10% off a new evaluation or any of our digital programs. Subscribe to join us for more eye-opening episodes as we dive deep into all the ways that it could be your eyes.